It's fun. It's fun watching you parents watch your kids line up, and you're like, oh, that kid better not make a fool of himself in this whole, in this line. Better not. Some of you are giving the mom eye, like, I'm watching you. But then once they get to the curtain, you're like, somebody else's problem, right? That's the way, that's the way it works. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead. Let's go Luke chapter 8. Uh, Luke chapter 8. We've been uh, in this chapter really now for uh, going on our third week. And uh, in the first two, we, we, we covered two parables. Uh, and, and a parable, again, just uh, as a refresher, is a story that's intended to teach a specific purpose, uh, or it's a story that's told to teach a moral lesson. And, and so we've walked through two different uh, parables as it relates to our interactions with the Word of God. We, we said when we got into chapter 8 that that would be a focus of ours, that, uh, that chiefly the Word of God being Jesus and, and who He is and how we relate to Him, and then by extension, uh, how we relate to uh, the Bible as being the very Word of God, who uh, as, as we read it, we get to see more and more and more God's heart that's poured out as He sends Jesus to be our Lord and, and Savior. And so, uh, so, so we, the first parable we walked through was the parable of the sower. Uh, and, and the parables, again, they kind of teach us the nature of God's Word. And so when it came to the parable of the sower, uh, the intention is that we would understand that as the Word is to be planted in the soil of our hearts so we can bear fruit uh, with, with patience. Uh, remember, there's four soils uh, three of them, the, the seed actually makes it into the soil, looks all is, that all is good, but as time develops, either uh, the, the ground was too shallow in our hearts or, or the cares of the world, it chokes us out. Um, but Jesus says the good soil that plants the seed bears a fruit. And then uh, last week we talked about this parable where, where Jesus doesn't explain it as much as he does the parable of the sower. Uh, but, but we talked about how um, the light of God's Word uh, exposes and it reveals what's around us, but it also reveals and exposes what is inside of us. And, uh, and, and I, I tried to say this, and I don't know if I did it well last week. Uh, Michelle's like, no, I don't know what you're going to say next, but you didn't say really anything well. Thanks for the encouragement, friend. Um, but but I, I hope you understood me rightly when I said this light is a merciful gift of God's. That, that it would be unloving of Him not to reveal, not to expose. And yet we find uh, many of us have a relationship specifically with the Bible or, or specifically with uh, the Holy Spirit that we feel like, oh, He kind of out to catch me. Uh, and, and so as Jesus talks about when you have this light, you don't try to hide it. Uh, you don't put it underneath the bowl. You don't hide it underneath uh, the bed. Instead, you put it on its stand so it can show and it can reveal and it can at times expose. But again, not in a defeating, condemning way, but in a way that kind of helps us walk towards freedom. And, and the rest of this chapter is going to kind of follow of some miracles uh, that take place. And, and the miracles are shown to, to provoke a response in our hearts and, and how we respond to the Word. Again, being Jesus and, and how we live under the authority of 
the Bible. And so, so with, with the seed being planted and with this light on display, how then do we respond in the circumstances of our lives? That's really where, where we're kind of headed uh, in the, these next couple weeks. And, and the question that Jesus is going to ask his disciples today, I firmly believe he asked, I'm sorry, the question that Jesus will ask his disciples in Luke 8 is the same question that he asked in this room uh, today. Okay, we, we don't move past it. Uh, in fact, uh, the, the authority that he displays on the boat today uh, is what he displays in this very moment. And so, so let's go. We only have uh, four verses today, uh, and so I'm sure we will fill up about an hour and a half worth of talk uh, or rambling. We'll just see how it works out. Uh, so, so here we go. We've been walking through this. Uh, the last thing Jesus said, remember, uh, as he was teaching these parables, someone says, hey, your mom and your brothers are here to see you. Uh, and then Jesus gives that really kind of, at the time, a confusing response of uh, my, my mother and my brother are those who hear the word of God and, and do it. And now Luke moves us out of that scene into another one. And he said, one day, all right, so one day, he, being Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples and Jesus said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. Okay, now here's the thing. Um, as this scene develops, remember that line. All right, because whose idea is it to get in this boat to go to the other side? All right, we're all skating. That's a good job. Like you all did really well with that. All right, so, so let us go to the other side of the lake. And so they set out. And as they sailed, he, being Jesus, fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water, and they were in danger. And they, they went and they woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was calm. And Jesus says to his disciples, it's a penetrating question, where is your faith. And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him? All right, so, so this, that's the scene. Uh, it's, it's a fairly easy story to follow. There's not a, there's not a ton of moving pieces in it. Uh, in fact, we, we have a setting, we have a dilemma, we have a rescuing, and then we have a penetrating question. That's, that's the outline of, of these four verses. Uh, so let's, let's kind of talk about those things accordingly, right? So, so our setting, uh, verses 22 through 23a, right? Uh, Jesus' idea is to, hey guys, let's, let's go out and let's cross over uh, the sea. Now, we call it the Sea of Galilee. Actually, it's, it's not a sea, it's a lake. All right, and if you were coming here today saying, man, I hope we have some geographic conversations, you are in for a treat, okay? So, so the Sea of, of Galilee is actually, it's a large lake. It's a couple miles wide, a couple miles long. It takes a good amount of time to get from one uh, to the other. And, and it sits in a basin that's surrounded by mountains, okay? So, so it's not uncommon for the winds to come and all of a sudden shift what was a very calm sea uh, scene into a very 
dangerous and intense one. Uh, because as the wind would come down, it would create these, these wind tunnels. And, uh, and, and so, so we can go from being calm to intense very quickly. Uh, and now in this scene, uh, we find the dilemma being that this storm starts to overtake the boat. Okay? Now, now here's what you need to know about the disciples in case you didn't know. Uh, many of them are, are trained fishermen. Like, before their life with Jesus, they spent each and every day out on these waters. And so, so, so their struggles speak more about the fierceness of the storm and, and not really their, their abilities. This isn't, this isn't you inviting me to go on the lake with you, right? I know very little about boating, right? If you invited me to go, we would borrow your boat, right? Um, and then uh, you would hook it up. I don't mind driving it as long as I don't have to back it up, right? So you would get me lined up, and you're like, come on, buddy, you can do this, right? I'd drive us down to the ramp, uh, and then I would stop and say, hey, man, I'm more than willing to help get this boat off, but you have to back the, the boat into the ramp, right, and to launch it. And then once you launched it, uh, I can drive us, you know, very much like a little kid driving a, go- a go-kart, or a golf cart, even better, right? Um, so this isn't... This isn't me walking out in my own um, lack of ability. These are, these are men who, who knew what they were doing. Uh, and so, 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 so these men understood how to manage, and they were still in a situation that appeared dangerous, not to us, but to them. Okay? And so, so they turned to Jesus, who is sleeping. And I've heard a lot of commentators on, on why is Jesus sleeping? Uh, and I love their audacity to just assume that they knew the answer. Because some will say, you know, he, it's just a lesson about his inner tranquility and the peace that he walked in. Uh, my favorite one is he is probably tired. Uh, like, like ministering to people takes it out of you. Uh, we find the, these other moments in the Bible where he, he retreats to get away with God. Uh, and so, so either way, it doesn't matter. What we find out is, is that he was, he was asleep. And so, so the disciples come to him and they say, are you not aware of what's going on in my life? Have you ever, you ever been there? You ever try to, to knock on the doors of heaven and say, hey, um, God, me again. Um, not sure if you're aware, uh, but, but things are hard. <laughs> like I don't, I don't understand what you're doing. In fact, maybe you're like the disciples and you use an explanation, exclamation point at the end of it. Like if I get loud, maybe you'll, you'll move quicker on my behalf. So they come to him, they say, we are, we are perishing. And, and in the urgency, in the intensity of the storm, Jesus awakes and he rebukes. And then there's this calmness. And, and out of the calmness, Jesus asks this, this penetrating question. And, and, and he speaks it over them, but I think he speaks it into their hearts into their minds. And he says, where is your faith? Now here's what, here's what I love about this scene. Because there's no conversation. Right? There, there's no defense given. There's no um, retort from the disciples. He just asks this question and it seems like it just sits. And it seems like they get to live kind of in this moment and and they get to, Jesus brings to the surface why there was such turmoil, and he lets them ponder it. Okay, now, now here's what this is. This is 
We don't gather here this morning for story time, okay? I'm not trying to give you something that you can go to the office with this week and be like, oh, we talked about this, this story where Jesus stopped the storm. And so, so how do we wear this? Um, and and I, think, I think this encounter relays to us in an effort to, to kind of help us. And so the question is, what, what are we trying to help being seen? And, and firstly, the desire here is so that we would see Jesus more clearly. Uh, so that we can worship Jesus more accurately. So what he does here, he does for us still today. And so, so let me give you just a few thoughts. That, that, that a storm uh, is simply these various adversities uh, that we experience. Sometimes you can see a storm a-brewing, right? And other times the storm sneaks up, right? Now, I've not said anything that, that you don't already get, right? Uh, like sometimes you know, um, in fact, we're about to enter into um, a danger zone this week um, because you'll see family members that you only tolerate for about two or three times a year, right? And no, just me, I gotcha. Uh, we'll be at my brother's house, just prayers for me. Um, he's over there, just ignore him, but seriously, just the worst. Um, anyways, so, so, so we walk into these moments and sometimes you see the storm coming and other times it just kind of happens upon you and uh and now this is where we kind of come back and we say in verse 22 whose idea was the boat ride jesus's right so i think there's a case to be made that jesus is leading these men into the storm to reveal something important to their hearts and to reveal something important about their vision of, of who Jesus is. They're given this, this opportunity to evaluate their faith in the face of adversity. And now as I say that, here's, 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 here's what I wonder, and I, I say this very delicately, and I could be wrong about it, okay? But is it possible that adversity can be a gift because it reveals the strength of your faith? Because without it, these guys are just hanging out with Jesus. But this, this is going to move them. This is going to move them to a pondering. And, and again, we don't, we don't get the end of it, right? They don't, they don't, it's not like a Brady Bunch ending where they're like, oh, and they all gave their hearts to Jesus as Lord and Savior. No, what they do is they take another step. That without the storm, they wouldn't take this step of saying, who, who is this guy that the winds and the waves obey him and it's this progression to where they see him more accurately and i think i think sometimes adversity reveals where we are or where we want to be and at other times where we wish to be and so so jesus brings this issue to light and and the process causes the disciples to to take a deeper look at who jesus is and i think secondly adversity will well, well, not only can it be a gift, I think it'll, adversity will affect our perception, especially when our faith is lacking. Right? Now, I, I could be splitting a hair here. I don't, I don't think I am. But let's remember uh, Luke, who writes this gospel, uh, he does so not as an eyewitness himself. He, he's compiling these stories. Uh, and so he goes to the eyewitnesses, and then he reports to uh, Theophilus, um, and so, so as he's telling, as he's recounting this scene, he uses a different word than what the disciples use. I don't know if you noticed it. 
Luke comes in and he says, and they were in danger. And the disciples go to Jesus, and what do they say? We are dying. Those are two differing levels, right? I can be in danger, but not in threat of my life. And I think when our, when our faith is lacking, that perception changes to where we're convinced we're dying. And the actual truth is we're just in danger. <laughs> and so, so I'm, I'm curious that the disciples are perishing, Luke reports they're in danger, and I think a mature faith has this ability to, to, to be able to have calmness when the waves are rocking and, and the rain is stinging, and, and it keeps a clear perception by not ignoring the danger, but, but finding a way to operate inside it. To, to the disciples' credit, um, they, they go to Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'm in a storm. You're the only one. That can, that can satisfy this situation in my life. Now, I think thirdly, so, so adversity can be a gift. Adversity can limit our perception. Um, but, but I think what this parable, what this miracle is teaching us is that, that adversity is overcome by faith. Now, this isn't a, hey, just, this isn't wishful thinking, right? This isn't, oh, man, just be positive and everything will work itself out because that's not... That's not the case. I think I can make a case that the disciples dying on the sea with Jesus is better than the disciples not turning to Jesus. So, so adversity is overcome by faith. And we find in, in Matthew and Mark uh, a very similar encounter. And in those, um, the question be involves um, not, not them having no faith, but their faith being small. And so, so, so not that there's no faith, but it's, but it's a, a mislotted, misslotted faith. Faith. And, and I think typically our faith can go in three directions. Uh, that, that firstly, it goes inward. Secondly, it goes outward. And then thirdly, it should go up. It can go upward. Right? And so, so if we talk about the inward part, um, this, is, this is what Jesus is asking them. And in their desperation, it exposes these two places that, that they've already been. That if, that if you have a faith that is solely inward you you'll look to yourself and you'll try to muster up the courage or or the strength to to withstand the storm right uh and it creates this reliance on your own bootstraps uh and 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 then and this reliance on our own will that we won't let ourselves down in the end and and ultimately what it is it's it falls apart any inward faith and again i'm not saying you shouldn't have like a positive self-image or understand your a good self-worth but i'm saying any faith that looks to itself it ends up being idolatry and it ends up saying i think i can manage all things accordingly and a storm reveals that and here's what these guys are doing right they look to themselves and they're like hey we got it we got to take care of this boat then they secondly, they goes outward, and I think an outward faith will, will kind of look to others and, and hope that they are able to provide the safety and the shelter and the security that the storm is threatening to hinder, right? Uh, we lean, and if, if the faith remains outward for too long, what happens is we begin to develop these expectations that never should have been on other people in the first place because they weren't able to deliver on the promises that you hope they're going to be able to deliver on. You with Sometimes that stings the most when, when someone lets you down or when someone betrays you. And, and these are just these signs that they were never able to be God for you. 
And so you have the disciples, and, and Peter realizes, man, I can't bail this water fast enough, but hopefully John will be able to pull my weight for me. And it leads them to the same spot. Despair. And then I think, lastly, in upward faith, you know, it, it's clearly believing in the nearness of and the providential care from a heavenly Father who is to be worshipped as He works for the good of those He loves. This is where the encounter in, in Luke 8 is, is kind of leading, though it doesn't explicitly say it here because we're in the middle of this gospel which is helping people see their need for Jesus, which is, which is why we don't get to the end of verse 25 and, and it's why we get to the end of verse 25 and it says, who then is this? Who is this guy? Inwardly, they knew they were at the end of their abilities. Outwardly, they were coming to the understanding that the 12 of them, this squad, the super squad, isn't going to be able to, to save themselves. Uh, and it led them to Jesus and to make sense of his presence in their danger. To which the penetrating question comes. In this moment, right here on the seas and in the storm, where is your faith? Again, it's, I think it's merciful. I think it's loving that Jesus would come in here because he, he rebukes the wind and the waves and then he treats these guys with such special care. He doesn't berate them, right? He, says, he just says, guys, I want, I want you to pay attention and ask yourself this question. Where's your faith? Now, it's fine, we can, we can start wrapping this up. So adversity is overcome by faith. Adversity is overcome by faith. It really, really is. Now, not, not wishful thinking, again, not, but genuine belief in the presence of God in all situations and His movement, especially when He has called us to go out on the waters. Especially when He invites us uh, to go into these waters knowing that the, he's going to allow storms to arise. I, we, we, we see Jesus more clearly in his response when the disciples cried out to him. Right? They, they say, we are, we are perishing. And then Jesus moves on their behalf. And I think we can worship Jesus because the same authority he has to tell the waves and the wind to cease is the same authority he has to tell our dead bodies who is or was trapped in sin to come alive again. That's the largest storm. That's the biggest storm you'll ever experience. My separation from the Father. So I think it's a good question uh, and an honest one to ask ourselves today. And you're like, well, maybe I'm not in a storm. Well, good. It'll come. It'll be there. Just wait long enough. You'll screw something up. And when you have to lean, not in yourself or not on others, and, and you realize how empty and how um, short that road is, begs this question. Where, where's your faith? Like, I, I, love, I love the fact that Jesus does what he does on the water, and it doesn't say, and Peter rallied the troops and said, hey, guys, you know, because their faith wasn't there yet. So I think maybe we can cut ourselves a little bit of slack, right? 
But I think we can take heed to the warning that we're not intended to walk in the storms of life in our own power or in our own reliance on each other. That, now, that's not to say that we don't lean and protect one another in those moments. But that the gospel says in every circumstance you look to Jesus and you say, you are my portion. You are my great treasure. You are my shield. You are my stronghold. And I would rather be in the storm with you than be out of the storm without you. So where is your faith? It's a great question. Our desire this week is to love God by loving people. Make a couple things available to you. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, hope you do. Hope you eat all the turkey you want to eat. Um, if you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. If you've never asked Jesus in your heart, our, our desire here to emerge is to make much of Jesus, is to help people see their need for him. And maybe you've never asked him in your heart and you say, today is that day I have some questions or, or I'm ready to, to, to jump off the cliff. We want to make that available to you. We want to pray with you. We want to, to start battling with you. Most of anything, we want to celebrate for you. So as we dismiss today, well, there'll be some people over here on this side and, and they want to pray with you. And then at the back, if you would like to take communion, we have some elements available for you. I love you guys. I really, really love you guys. Thankful you're here. Let us pray. Father, we come to you and we, we are thankful that there's not a moment that your watchful eye does not see. We thank you that, that you move in our presence and our awareness of that movement brings us to a, a greater place of worship of you. So, Father, I pray you would speak to us in, uh, with your Holy Spirit that, that he would bring this question to the surface of our hearts. Where is our faith? And my prayer is that we would be a people who, regardless of the circumstance, whether it be calm waters or, or in the, the most fierce of storms, that our faith would be upward towards you. That our arms would be extended for your rescue. And that our mouths would declare the glory of your goodness. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. to live.
Thanksgiving week, you're dismissed.